Hi, I'm Paul Warren. And I'm Ryan Klein. And this is another episode of SEO is Dead and Other Lies. Ryan, how are you doing uh, on this wonderful, wonderful morning? I'm doing quite well. You know how the last podcast I said it was the earliest podcast I've ever recorded at 7.30 a.m.? Well, today, 6.30 a.m. Because uh, we do... Setting new records. I know. Yeah, it kind of jumped well, about... That's our dedication to the craft is that we're willing to wake up at, at six uh, in the morning just to talk about SEO. Yeah, that's what I do every day, man. That's a form of living the dream, you would say. Uh, or a nightmare, uh, either way. Uh, let's go into what we'll be covering today on the show. But uh, yeah, the reason yeah. that we're up so early is that we have a very special guest from overseas in uh, Copenhagen. So I'm going to say it again, Copenhagen, Denmark. We have uh, Nikki Reese with us today. Uh, welcome to our podcast. It's great to have you. <laughs> thanks, thanks to both of you. I'm pleasure. Uh, it's my pleasure to being on your show today, and I'm so sorry for getting you up that early. <laughs> uh, this is probably your first time just finding out that I'm in Seattle. A lot. No, it's it's just Ryan that's up early. I'm on like the east coast of America, so it's like normal time. Oh, the me, east so. coast is the normal don't, side. Of- don't apologize at all. <laughs> It's the normal side. It has New York. It has Miami. It's very normal. My side, you know, California, all that other stupid stuff. But anyway, uh, yeah, Nikki, we're really excited to have you today. Uh, A little bit about Nikki before we get started. Uh, Three-time startup co-founder right now is the CEO and founder of Nikki. uh, A lot of focus on on, uh, growth loops, SEO loops, content loops. I'm probably uh, saying loops a lot, but we are going to be talking about how uh, a lot of the growth strategies that you've uh, produced have helped people really grow and it has a lot to do with the content. And um, I frankly don't know much about the loops uh, <laughs> that you've uh, been saying for, you know, prior to our conversation. So I'm looking forward to that today. Yeah, I'm looking forward to sharing uh, hopefully some gold nuggets with your audience and of course with you too. And kind of talking about how I believe that loops are a great contrib- contributor to the growth of a lot of companies out there, especially user-generated content loops, for example. But I'll explain some examples and kind of going into detail with that when, yeah. when we are ready for it. Okay. I, I love it. Yeah, because the user-generated content is something that Paul and I have been aware of. And when we talk to you know, our, our listeners and we're talking about ways they can generate content, hopefully without too much time and resources and headache, you know, we've mentioned several things. But this is one thing that we really haven't uh, done a deep dive into. So before we get yeah, started. My, my only like, actual real experience with it is uh, I... I had a, a message board for a while that was like in the financial space that I had to like manage and uh, redesign and like was like a moderator for like the whole thing. Um, so it's probably like not the type of use generated content you're, you're probably like talking about um, for this one, but that was just like a nightmare in general. So anyone out there that uh, has a message board that with like a massive amount of traffic and users, I'm really sorry. Um, it just, I'm sorry for your life in general. It sucks. It's, it's, it's a lot. To deal with, Whoa. So. <laughs> Just putting that yeah. out there. <laughs> but, uh, There's just nothing positive like from it, you know, like it's just, it's just a tedious task of a, like just a niche to like be in, like anytime you have like a massive, massive message board. So sorry about that. <laughs> no, no problem. I like the side note or sidebar, but uh, yeah, before we kind of get rolling, you know, I've had a chance to kind of browse around your LinkedIn, of course. <laughs> uh, we have a couple of good uh, connections here, but uh, you know, you've been doing that. Uh, your, your main business, Nikki, for about a decade. So how did you kind of get to this point where you're at now? I mean, 10 years ago, were you doing loops? You probably kind of evolved over time to where you're at now. So why don't you give us a little bit of a background? Yeah, sure. I, I mean, I'm 26 years old and you, 
you may not be able to see that because uh, it's not recorded by video. But I started my first company when I was 16 in the promotion brand space. And basically, I was promoting parties because what are you doing when you are 16 year old male in, in Copenhagen, Denmark with a lot of, I mean, the culture is, is really you go out and you drink a lot and you party. Uh, and of course, I wanted to get status among my friends and I don't know, get popular among the, the, the right girls. So that was kind of how I started. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, kind of going into to loops and SEO and all of these other things, of course, that was something that I dealt with later on in my career and in my life. Um, when I was about 19 years old, that was also when I kind of started getting experience with e-commerce businesses. And of course, when you kind of run an e-commerce business, typically you want to create content around, in my case, running shoes, uh, e-books, et cetera. And that was kind of like how I got experience with building content loops, I guess. Um, so can you uh, sort of break down um, a little bit how like content loops work and like what's the concept behind it? Yeah, definitely. I'd be happy to. So uh, one very popular example is something like, and if we talk about user-generated content first, is something like LinkedIn. So when you are signed up to LinkedIn for the first time, LinkedIn does everything in their power to get you to fill out your profile, basically building a CV. So they want to get everything about your education, about where you work, kind of what are your competencies, what are your skills, what are your articles, etc. And of course, what they do is that they index all that information on Google and other search engines out there. So let's say whenever I'm searching for Ryan Klein on Google, your LinkedIn profile maybe shows up. Mm -hmm. That's at least something that, uh, that I would assume. So that's a way that LinkedIn is basically using all the information that in this case, Ryan is, is, is basically providing them with to kind of get a lot of traffic from popular search engines out there. And of course, what happens is that, and how, and the reason for why it's a loop is that, so let's say Ryan, he fills out his profile. It gets indexed on Google. I'm searching for Ryan. I don't have a LinkedIn profile yet. I log into, I mean, I click on Ryan's profile. I can't message him. I can't see his full profile yet because I'm not a user. So of course I sign up, mm -hmm. I fill out my profile. Then Paul, he is uh, searching for my name on Google. And of course, now he sees my LinkedIn profile. And again, then Paul goes in. He also wants to message me or whatever it may be. And then, of course, he also creates a profile on LinkedIn, fills out his information, and that also gets indexed. So this is just, you can say, a very popular example of kind of explaining these user-generated content CEO loops. That's a great explanation. I'm already I'm already enlightened, frankly. Um, no, that's a good that's a good way of putting it, and that makes sense because that makes me start thinking about all the other times I've been kind of duped into having to create content for, on behalf yeah. of someone else. <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely done that many many times. Uh, I've never thought about like how I can implement that on some of the other like some of the projects that I have though, which is interesting because I just always see it as like, oh, man, I got to do this to like get this information. But I mean, you're totally right. Now they have all that information about me. Yeah, and, and, and one thing about it and why it's also a very strong loop, for example, with the LinkedIn profiles, is that when you have filled in all this information about yourself, you have invested heavily into the LinkedIn profile. And they also have this, you could say, this gamified way of kind of making you fill out more and more. And what it basically mm -hmm. does is that it 
it kind of make you invest so heavily invested in the, in the LinkedIn profile that you are probably not going to switch to another professional social network out there because then you would have to transfer all this information, your recommendations, your endorsements, and all of these other things. And of course, um, your, your job experience and education and et cetera. So it's kind of building this defensive mode around, you can say LinkedIn to some degree. So uh, I work in the legal space and I have for quite some time and, and Paul did for several years. And I, I bet Paul, you'll, you'll be back in legal at some point. I feel like you will be, but um, probably there's this uh, <laughs> a couple websites, but one that stands out, it's called avo.com. And it's, it's a place where people go and they look up like legal services and they've done, well, not anymore because they're kind of like uh, on their way out for different reasons, but back in the day they used to kill it because of user-generated content from lawyers. So what they do is they encourage consumers to go there, ask legal questions, and then the lawyers would answer their questions. But then what Avo do exactly we're talking about with gamifying it is that you could become like a top contributor. It's like, oh, you've answered 90 questions, 10 more, you're gonna be like a, a tier two contributor. And then all of a sudden you get like a contributor, you get like the little badges and accolades next to your name. It affects your AVO rating, which is one through 10. So if you're like an 8.0, if you contribute a hundred more answers then you're at 8.2 and they really did a great job just like bringing in all this content. That's how they were so popular for a long time. Yeah, ex exactly. And it's what the companies like Crora is also doing. And maybe another an great example is something like Yelp. So, I mean, they also have all these badges that the more reviews you do and everything, the more status you get. And if you are the first reviewer, then you get a special badge. And if you have, I don't know, reviewed 10 different restaurants or events, places or whatever it may be out there, then you are getting an even better badge. And of course, the more, I mean, and Yelp also have this very strong loop. So, I mean, typically how you find a restaurant today, maybe, Maybe that you go to Google, you search for a local restaurant, let's say a steak restaurant in, in uh, San Diego or something like that. And then of course, Yelp may show up because of all the reviews that they have. And that has kind of been able to get, you can say a lot of, lot of information indexed into Google. And then you find this restaurant, you visit it. And what they try to do is that they want you to create another review, of course, create more user-generated content for them. And then some other, some other person out there may see your review and of course, eventually lead to, to more traffic to Yelp. I think um, Google does as good a job at this as almost like any company I've ever seen with their local guides program. Have you guys uh, like done that at all? You've been a part of that? Oh yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty great. Cause it's like, um, it's like a point system by like every, like you're really, you're fixing, Google's data. <laughs> so it's like brilliant or providing reviews uh, for, you know, you're doing all this for free for like random points. I'm not even really sure what they give you after you reach a certain level. Ryan, have you ever got anything free um, from the guides program? Yeah. What, what you get is a chance to probably abuse it more than anyone else when trying to verify locations with ulterior motives. I guess it's one way to say. It. Yeah. So I think, <laughs> I think you can get like listings, from Google, my business um, like removed really quickly if you're like a high level guide because um, yeah. there's like a level of trust with it. But outside of that, you're really just doing a lot of manual work for Google for no reason, <laughs> but it's really smart. Um, and people compete about it, right? Because they want to show that they're like that level of, of a guide. And I think it's like a hundred thousand points, which equates to like 
probably like 50 hours of work within Google just doing that, get to that level. So it's, it's like really kind of crazy. Um, so are there situations in your career where you've actually like helped websites implement this? Yeah, a recent, a recent case um, is for a company called Climaator, which is basically helping um, corporate, uh, corporations and individuals to uh, decrease the amount of uh, CO2 that they release into the atmosphere by investing in climate, um, in, in nice projects, kind of trying to, to work on yeah, this like area. So is it, are you able to tell like the approach that you, you took? Because, you know, we're, we're talking about, and I'm like, oh, this, you know, this is great. And I can see a couple like deployments or implementations, but my like vision or my like scope of it is so limited. I'm just like, what well, do you do like message boards and just profiles? Like what are other things you can do too? Yeah, no, no. I was about to go into that, but I, I heard someone speak. <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought that you were done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> go oh, yeah. ahead. No worries at all. <clears throat> So for, for Climator, what we did was that we were kind of considering, so for all these corporations, they kind of create this badge that they can list on their, on their websites to kind of say they are supporting of this and, and you can say CSR, corporate social responsibility and all of these things. But one of the, the ways that they kind of get their users and the customers to kind of build backlinks to them is of course by embedding this Badge onto their side, mm-hmm. so of course all of the all of the Climateator's customers out there, when um, when they are a customer of Climateator and they want to showcase that they are actually supporting uh, CSR uh, initiatives out there, they now uh, embed this badge on the side, and of course that's giving Climateator a backlink. So that's also one way that you can kind of use you can say user generated content to some degree, and of course this is you can say embedding a badge on the side. One additional thing here, of course, is that it's not only a backlink, but but let's imagine now just uh, a, hypo- a hypo- hypothetic example here. So let's say that uh, General Electric is uh, using a um, climateator. So of course they, they have it in the button of their website in the right-hand button. And whenever someone sees this badge, it might generate some traffic to climateator because people are curious, what is this all about? But at the same time, it's generating this high quality backlink back to Climateator um, if it's indexable, of course. And that's not something that Climateator can control. Yeah, that's pretty neat. I'm trying to think of like some other websites outside of like the social media space that have done a really good job implementing anything like this. Um, When you're working with a company that's trying to implement this, how do you how do you guys set this up? Like, do you use like a tool that it's sort of built in or like WordPress or like, this is all like custom theming? I mean, it, it all depends on, you can say what my clients are already using, I guess. Um, if, if they have, yeah. if they have built a WordPress site here and it's uh, for service business or maybe on a social platform or a digital platform of any kind, I mean, sometimes there are great plugins out there that you can use to kind of implement these kind of things, but often, how I see it is that you need to, I mean, custom build it. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, for, for another example here, um, what something like Facebook have done, and I guess there's also a lot of other companies out there like uh, Apple have done it, Google have done it. 
LinkedIn has done is, is this when you kind of want to sign up for a new platform. So imagine I have created a new platform out there. It's called pure.com. And if when you sign up to that platform, you can sign up with either Facebook, Apple, Google, LinkedIn, whatever. And of course, that is also an embedded widget onto the side that is generating a backlink back to Apple, Google, Facebook, etc. If they allow them to, of course. Um, and you also see this with some uh, some years ago, you could see all these websites implementing or embedding this like button on their website, basically creating a ton of backlinks back to Facebook. Uh, or um, you have also seen it with, with Twitter doing a similar example. Let, let me know if you follow. Oh, no, I, I, I definitely follow. You're saying that these widgets, not only if they, they like it, but they technically act as backlinks at the same time. Yeah. Like I never even looked at the source code to see if it was like a, you know, a reference to a URL. I just, you know, but then what, technically it has to be because it's, yeah. it's embedding the functionality of Facebook on another person's website or Twitter. Exactly. Or yeah. So it's, 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 it's a genius example of creating a ton of backlinks almost for free, right? That's awesome. Yeah. I don't really think about it from the link building aspect. Um, it does remind me, of what uh, Thumbtack did. So are you familiar with uh, Thumbtack? No. So uh, Thumbtack, uh, I think it's mostly in the States then, and Paul, you'll probably know where I'm going with this, but it's basically uh, similar to Yelp as where it's like um, kind of sourcing a lot of like local services and it's a lot, like going on kind of a platform to see who can like bid on projects essentially. And so a lot of people were generating a lot of business being on there and like someone would be like, I need someone to like clean my house. And then, you know, five people in that area would like submit their quotes for it. And so Thumbtack's the strategy for building authority was going to the businesses and saying, hey, you can like build up your profile and you can be more prominent if you feature this badge, the Thumbtack badge on your website. But they gave them specific anchor text too. So they're just like embed this badge and say like, local house cleaners. And these people, the, all these websites, thousands, maybe tens of thousands were linking back to Thumbtack with like specific keyword rich anchor text. And then Google was like, wow, you're really abusing this crap. And they actually <laughs> had, a, had a falling out, even though I think Thumbtack is owned by Google, which is always confusing to me. Do you know that's where I was? Yeah, we, <laughs> we talked I, I, was, I worked um, in the rehab space for a while and we, uh, we had a, a website that ranked pretty much number one in the world um, for like drug rehab. Uh, but we built out like profiles for like doctors and um, and other like facilities that like did rehab like in the in the country uh, and created like the whole like basically exactly what you're saying like created like a a badge that they could put on their own website for like a rating that we would assign them um, based off like aggregate aggregate reviews that we found about the place um, so like not even reviews that we like gathered ourselves um, and then we would just you know, they, they would actually reach out to us about it and then see if they could put it on their site, if it was like a positive one. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it worked the exact same way. Um, you know, just, you know, if, if people can kind of brag about themselves, um, so it's sort of an ego play, like they'll put something on their website about it. Um, you know, like if, we, if our podcast gets like some number one badge, Ryan and I are probably going to put it on our website <laughs> and, uh, perpetuate the link building here. Yeah, exactly. And that's what's like beautiful about this, you know, aside from like the backlink authority and and like consumers like clicking through and gaining traffic is back. It's almost like a vanity play, too, because, you know, their competition looks and is like, hey, how the hell did they get that badge? I want that badge. Like 
if I see something like, how did they get that? And then you start doing research and you're like, they're not better than me. I don't know. We do just as good as them. I want that badge too. And then before you know it, you have like probably some other loop that happens that's even like an, another benefit that you weren't anticipating. And another, another great example, and maybe you know of this one, G2 Crowd, this, uh, this website where you can basically compare uh, different software products out there and kind of read reviews and leave reviews. And oftentimes in, in, in my space with SaaS companies, many of these companies kind of make a ton out of their D2 crowd profile and they encourage their customers and users to submit reviews on D2 crowd. And D2 crowd is of course very, um, they are amplifying this behavior of course, because the more reviews people leave on, let's say a certain product, the more likely it is to show up on, on, on Google and all the search engines of course. So it's, it's just to kind of think about this way. So imagine I'm a SaaS company out here. I sign up to G2 Crowd to, to even kind of just be listed on G2 Crowd because you want to be listed on G2 Crowd if you want to kind of get compared to similar products out there. But of course, what I'm doing as well is that I'm actually uh, amplifying their content loop here because I want my users and customers to leave, leave reviews on G2 Crowd because then... I'm ranking higher on the comparison list that they have. But again, I'm also feeding their content loop. So it's very interesting. Um, one thing I wanted to ask though, because uh, you, you've helped you know, larger companies um, kind of implement this stuff, it sounds like, do you ever run into any like technical issues with, with stuff like this? I mean, because if it's done right, it can generate a, a lot of pages and a lot of content on a website. So is there any like things that you gotta be like kind of worried about doing? <laughs> so, so that's why I'm happy of being a strategic person and not the practical yeah. person. But, but I guess like, <laughs> let, let, let's imagine something like a Quora, uh, the question and ask uh, site that they have. I mean, they are not mm -hmm. indexing, of course, all comments that they, they are getting. Uh, they, are, they are indexing uh, questions that are being asked. And they are, and the, the questions that have most replies are also the ones that typically rank highest within their own search engine, but also uh, mm -hmm. as, I've, as I've seen at least in other search engines. And um, so I, I think you also have to kind of, I mean, you don't just want to index everything, I guess, because, and you know more about this than I do, but I, I guess it's a... You don't want repeated answers. You don't want uh, duplicate content and all of these other things. So you have to kind of, I don't know, create some kind of priority from the technical side, but the, that's, uh, that's not yeah. where I'm the best. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how to do a lot of that. I mean, I'm like you, um, I'm more of like, Hey, this is what we need. And then I, you know, send it to the dev and he figures it out. Right. Um, so, but yeah, it's, it's just really interesting. Um, you know, when you start kind of creating websites that have, you know, millions of pages, as opposed to like a lot of the local ones, I think, Ryan, how many pages of the, the average website you work with have like, um, I mean, I work under a thousand. No, <laughs> I work for small to medium sized businesses. So the, the typical website in, in my industry and like the, the typical people I work with, if someone has a 2000 page website, that's like massive. So no, I typically don't work with the tens of thousands. Um, I have in the past, yeah, like, so like 40, 40, 50,000, like under a thousand. Right. Yeah. yeah, like about, about under a thousand. Yeah, and it's, it's so, but when you start getting into like, and it's a, it's a world that only the past like three years, um, well, I guess four years, I've really gained experience in. Um, 
is sort of just dealing with a lot of those problems that come up, um, you know, whether it's like j just the canonicalization that happens. Uh, and then you have to have content in like multiple languages and like different country codes and everything. Uh, it's like the same content. Um, it's just like, it's just a different world of like technical SEO experience that, um, that hopefully a lot of our listeners don't have to deal with <laughs> on a, on a daily basis. So, yeah, I just want to share one more kind of generated content loop, as you may know from, from all type of marketplaces, ideally as well, all the people who are creating listings, it could be Airbnb, it could be Craigslist, et cetera. I mean, that is also user generated content. People are adding, I mean, either they are listing their, their apartments or their Airbnbs and, and of course, with the, something like Craigslist or eBay, they are going to sell a specific product. And of course, that is also going to be indexed as well. So that's another way of kind of think about it. And, and I, I mean, for a company like Amazon, I mean, I, I truly believe that back in the days, as far as I remember, and maybe even today as well, all of the products that they have listed on their site is also getting indexed to some degree. And most of it is not generated by them. It's generated by users, I guess. But maybe yeah. you can correct me here. No, you're, you're absolutely right. That I mean, that's like a crazy, I mean, when you think, because a lot of people, um, like they're selling their product too, right? So they're signing up and they're filling all that information and then there's all the reviews that go along with it. So uh, most of the stuff on there is just being generated by users, which is a really brilliant way to get content. <laughs> yeah, massive content, compounding content. That, that's a good point too. Talking about listings because it kind of reminds me of LinkedIn. We were talking about doing profiles and kind of, you know, setting up things as individuals. But there's a lot of instances where people create like directories where people create the list, you know, listing or a page for businesses, and it's like claim your profile. And then people go on. They're like, oh no, that's not my information. No, no, I can fill this out. And before you know it, you know, you have a lot of businesses fill it out, and then you can you know show up for for that as well. And then there's a lot that comes with that as well. Um, I wanted to kind of go back to the comments just for a moment, because I know what you're talking about with like with Quora and how a lot, a lot of people might leave duplicate answers and then just leave answers of no substance. And that's why I won't get indexed. But there's some SEOs that really believe strongly in keeping their comment section open on their websites or for blog posts. And they kind of look at it like, you know, I wrote a blog piece that's like a thousand words on the subject, but if I keep comments open and then I have a comment, I answer, comment, I answer, now it's actually indexing. It's like 5,000 to 10,000 words with a lot of keywords and links and all that. So we were really like encourage people to kind of have an open forum, like on their blog to essentially almost add more content on a continual basis and always refresh the pages too. That is, I mean, yeah. that, that, <laughs> yeah, that is a, yes, that is a great example. And of course, what you have to do then if you are a marketer out there and, and if you're kind of working with this and want to, you can say increase the amount of comments that you get because again, the more comments you get, the more likely you are to kind of get more link juice, I guess. And that is, you can increase the likelihood that people will comment on your post by telling them to comment or by, you can say, um, telling them to share or by asking questions or maybe even have your colleagues sparking the conversation here. And of course you have to answer the, the, the comments as well and ask, more questions in your answers in order to kind of keep the conversation going because then your con your piece of content can live for a very very long time of uh, a very long period um if, if you um, are familiar with linkedin as well that's in, in the media where i'm very active typically when you share something and it's the same with instagram um the organic reach only uh, occurs for 48 hours 
approximately 48 hours. And after that, you'll just, just not get any more reach. And of course, if I want to get more reach, then I need to keep the conversation going in the comments. Um, so yeah, that's, a, that's another great way. I, I, and back to your message board, uh, Paul, in the beginning here, I, I mean, that's a good way of, of generating a lot of, uh, of content there. I know it may be a mess to facilitate, <laughs> and I can imagine, but I guess that was also one of the reasons for why you got so much traffic. Oh yeah, I mean it was um, uh, it was an interesting, just an interesting thing to to work on that I'd never had experience before. But the the real value in it uh, is the data that you can pull from it for like other things, because um, usually, um, you know, the you can just find out so much about a person besides like an active email that actually works, right? So you can use that for other things like Facebook matchbacks or or, or whatever. Um, but you know, people are, they'll, they'll tell you what they like, right. They tell you the, the areas and the site that they like post the most in. Um, so it's really, really easy to like kind of get demographics about a specific person, um, and really craft a lot of like advertisements directly for that person. Um, so yeah, I don't think there, there's anything, um, where, you, where it's more valuable. If you look at like Reddit, right. Reddit's like the biggest message board on the, on the planet. Um, and they do just an amazing job of, of advertising. Um, and like one of the things that I've, I've noticed for a while, um, is that like your internet connection, right. Is usually the same as like whatever your TV provider is now. Cause most people don't have cable, right. They're watching things streaming online. Um, but they, you know, they know the areas that you go on websites and they can, um, they can track all that kind of stuff and they can target you specifically with like ads now, like on your, on your television to like the streaming services. Um, so it's all just like a really, really powerful advertising tool if you can set it up right. Um, you know, so yeah, anytime people are just giving you information, it, it's it's always useful to use um, in the advertising world. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, well, I thought that you would have loved to be the moderator of a message board. All that power. No, <laughs> I don't want it. <laughs> it's like people are always trying to sell stuff and like yelling at you and like, it just, uh, it was a mess. It was for the Forex market, which is like a volatile, crazy market as it, as it is. So I don't miss it. <laughs> so I have uh, one last question and it's, um, I feel like guest blogging and, and kind of like encouraging that is making like resurgence nowadays. I, maybe, maybe it's been the same. Maybe it's you know exactly the same. It's always been, but I mean, do you ever like work with people? Someone comes to you and says, you know, I, I heard you, you know, talk about these loops. It sounds great. I want to get involved and you kind of go through your list and you're just like, I don't, none of these things might work for you. Do you, do you kind of resort to maybe some other more traditional in a sense uh, methods of generating content for them? Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, and I hope I answer your question correctly, but I mean, this inbound marketing kind of strategy that, that a lot of companies are pursuing out there is really just, I mean, we are, we are, we have some money. We spend that on creating some content. What we want to do then, of course, is that we want that content to be seen by some people. The people who read that content piece or sees the podcast or, or whatever it may be, we hope to amplify it such that they share it with friends and colleagues. And of course, what we hope is that the more people who see it, the more potential customers it will reach. And then, of course, what we will do and how to create a very traditional content loop is that we will invest those profits from the people who actually become customers 
and reinvest it into creating more content. And of course, when we create more content, we want more people to see it and we try to make them share it with a lot of different friends and colleagues. Again, we hope to, to have some of these people actually convert into customers. So, I mean, and, and, and also one side effect of that, which may be very interesting is that when, when people share some content with their friends and with their colleagues, the interest and awareness of that topic typically increases. And sometimes it increases exponentially if you create content about a novel topic or a keyword that is not that popular yet. So, and of course, in the, in the SEO world, if you are, I mean, if you are the first to market a very novel keyword, you are very likely to harvest a lot of SEO juice in, in the future if you can create enough interest and, and awareness around that specific keyword and you can kind of, you can say, increase the amount of searches over time because you are, I mean, beginning a trend or jumping on a trend early. Um, yeah, so traditional content loop is basically just producing content, get people to read it. Of course, it, it costs you some time and money to, to create it. You hope to reinvest the, the profits from the potential customers that you may close into creating and producing more content. And one of the ways of, of you can say, doing that with guest blocking, as you just mentioned. So guest blocking, of course, is, is typically quite free. And if they can just sign in and create content themselves on your blog with, let's say they have logged into your WordPress site or whatever it may be, it's, it's something that I see a lot at least. Um, you you want to amplify that content loop by hopefully making your guest bloggers suggest other guest bloggers. And that is kind of something that you can double down on. For example, with your podcast here today, I mean, if you ask me afterwards who I would recommend you talking to, and they would also jump on your podcast, then you have basically, you could say, saved that amount of time that you would spend on researching for another guest. And of course, in, in, a, in a larger company, that will translate directly into saved revenue. Um, I hope it makes sense. It, it does. <clears throat> yeah, and I, I appreciate your explanation there too. I, I was doing a Google search of content loops and <laughs> just the actual keyword like you're mentioning. And uh, yeah, we have a new goal. We're going to rank uh, this transcription number one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we that's, got work to do. Because <laughs> um, yeah, it has been searched a lot more in the past year. So yeah, this is exciting stuff. I, like the, the benefits of this are, are, are very, it's like a high yield. It's like a, it's a good way of looking at it. As opposed to Paul, yeah. Paul and I saying- I can't think of a better way to get like long tail stuff than, than that, you know? Like when you really start doing it to scale, like you're just generating so much long tail keywords like all the time. So just kind of like to sum it up, I guess, by, I mean, by allowing users to create high quality content on your website, you can basically tackle more long tail keywords and continue to provide answers to other users' questions and encourage more and more content to be made. But uh, yeah, this, has been, this has been great. I mean, it's, it's kind of taken a couple of the concepts that I think they've been aware of and then really put it into like an actual like system that can be put into place. And like you can approach it as like an actual kind of campaign or almost like a discipline. So um, why don't you, uh, let's, uh, let's do a plug. Is there anything uh, particular as far as uh, what you're working on? Any speaking engagements, webinars, podcasts, anything that you want to leave our listeners with? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, if you have any questions uh, related to this, please um, comment on the on the show uh, on the comment sections of this podcast. I'd be happy to answer your questions there as well. Otherwise, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. I'd be happy to uh, reply to answers there. And I also have a podcast. It's called Out of Growth. I interview growth experts. And then I just want to say thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to being on your show today, Paul and Ryan. Uh, SEO is not something that I typically kind of go so much in detail with. So it has been fun and it has been a challenge. And I love that. Yeah. But all this stuff is immensely helpful for the SEO community because content is the foundation. It's always a struggle to, to produce it consistently and of a you know, high quality. Yeah, thanks so much for being on. We really appreciate it. I think this is a really interesting topic. Um, obviously, that we've never, you know, we've never covered before. Uh, and I know there's projects that Ryan and I have that I think um, we'll probably might try and implement this on because I think it's I think it's great. Can I can I say one last thing? So I mean, that is a new thing that I've been trying to kind of help my my clients with is that often when you have a blog. Um, you have this sidebar where people can kind of click on Facebook link or Twitter link or whatever to, to share it on some social platform. And if you had had that on your site, you were probably also aware that nobody clicks on that anymore, or at least not many people click on that anymore. What I would recommend you do is that today people are drowning in content recommendations, but what they really want is these high fidelity recommendations. So instead of, you can say, prompt them to share on Facebook and Twitter and all these other medias, why not recommend them sharing with their colleagues in a Slack channel, in Facebook Messenger directly to another friend, uh, by text or directly by email? Kind of amplify this, this high fidelity recommendation rather than just, I'm going to share it on my wall. And probably nobody is going to do that anymore. And probably nobody will ever see it and actually click on it and read it. No, well, I think that just about covers it. This is a long episode. So if you're still listening, thanks. We appreciate it. You're really going to get your children's board. gift card. Use promo code 2020. <laughs> no, we don't have anything. We're not giving away anything. We're poor. Okay. Um, yeah, but I, I just want to say thanks uh, to everyone that's out there listening. You know, we appreciate all of our listeners. Uh, if you guys have any questions at all, feel free to email us at SEOZ and otherwise at gmail.com. Um, you know, we talk to fans pretty regularly on there. Um, if you want to hear like a podcast about a particular subject or just have questions, we're happy to just like answer them. Um, we've met a lot of people uh, that way. I think we've had some people on um, that have just yeah. reached out to us to be on there. Exactly. Um, and then, you know, be sure to like, share, subscribe, search, subscribe, like, share, or subscribe anywhere that you see. Um, the podcast but particularly on like itunes if you could like it like it there <laughs> helps with the rankings oh we yeah just want the rankings i just want to be top 10 and then top five and then top 20 well i think we are top 10 on the podcast app like the itunes the apple podcast app i do hope so that's good but yeah we appreciate all you guys uh very much and uh i'm paul warren and i'm ryan klein and this has been another episode of SEO's Dad and Other Lives. Goodbye, adios. Farewell. Bye.